Hey there, thrifters. This episode today is brought to you by Wagner Spray Tech. So some of you may not know this. Uh, actually, I don't think any of you know this. Uh, I am actually helping my uh, mother out with a project um, within the house. Uh, we are actually going to be painting one of the rooms. And fun fact, I have never painted any wall in my life. <laughs> my dad always took care of it, or we hired someone. So I was really excited when um, Wagner Spray Tech got in touch with me because they wanted to sponsor the podcast, but also they have this item called the Flexio Paint Sprayer. And let me just tell you guys about it because I'm so excited to start using it. Um, it is designed for painting or staining walls, furnitures, cabinets, all that fun stuff. It's a sprayer. It's not a brush. So it's 10 times faster than any brush that I would ever use. The spray paints and stains are right from the can. More paint control than me taking a brush or roller and rolling it all over the place, right? It's great for indoor projects and outdoor projects. So now my brain's starting to go with some outdoor projects that I can help my mom with. And then eventually when I have my own home and the cleanup is super easy. So I'm really excited to try this product. Stay tuned for the next episode because I will be using the product and I'll tell you guys all about it. So um, if you guys are interested in maybe looking at the item and seeing what it's all, all about, I'm gonna leave the link in the show notes down below so you guys can get a Flexio's paint sprayer yourself. Now let's get back to the show. Hello everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela, and today we have another episode of Coffee Talk with my good friend, Jen. So Jen is the Savvy Outfitter on Instagram, and I believe on Poshmark as well. And today we're talking everything to do with reselling, her background, how she used to be a buyer for retail establishments, and her reseller inventory app, which I think you will all be really excited about to learn about and hopefully check out. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the episode of Coffee Talk. Today, I have one of my very, very, very good friends. I mean, might as well just call her a best friend at this point. <laughs> I have Jen with me, and <laughs> Jen is a local reseller to me. She lives in Massachusetts, although she's not originally from New England. Right. Um, so Jen is a full-time reseller, and she just has a lot of interesting things going on in her life right now. She has um, an app that she's worked on with her husband that I want to share with all of you. I know so many of you were so interested when I mentioned it um, I think three episodes ago with Lori. So here she is. I promised she would be on. So Jen, why don't you take it away? Introduce yourself. All right, great. Hi, hi, everybody. I'm so excited to be on Thrifters Villa and Coffee Talk with Daniela. Um, yes, so I am the savvy outfitter, if you don't know who I am, on Instagram. And um, I'll just give you guys a little bit of a background on who I am and um, what got me into this crazy world of reselling. <laughs> so um, I've been a full-time reseller now for about four years. 
And um, before reselling though, I think it's really important for me to go over kind of my background and what I did. So for over 10 years, I was actually a retail buyer. So what I did is I worked in merchandising, I bought, I did product development, inventory management. I was also the director of retail operations for like a 13 location hot yoga studio boutique fitness gym. I know that you, was a mouthful. You basically <laughs> sound really fancy and really important. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always want to sound fancy. So <laughs> but um, basically I did everything from like building the retail space, like actually getting the fixtures and building it all out, um, visually merchandising it, buying all the product um, that went into all of these locations. So I basically have bought in my career everything from like plush stuffed animals to museum collection jewelries. And um, my favorite, of course, was like athletic wear. So I bought for with um, Beyond Yoga, Aloe, Onzi, all those like fun um, athletic wear that we mm-hmm. all love to, to resell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The museum so, jewelry is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I loved it. I bought, um, so I used to buy for one of the locations that I used to buy for was actually the um, American Natural History Museum in New York. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's like the really famous one that's like right in front of Central Park. And oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that night of the museum movie? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. The one where the dinosaur is like yes. hanging out in front. Yeah, that one. <laughs> so I would buy whenever we would have like certain exhibits coming in or anything, we would have to like custom create jewelry collections to go with like, let's say our Egypt museum, like Egypt exhibit that was coming out. Or um, we would have like the Dead Sea Scrolls or just something with Amazon rainforest or butterflies. We would have to um, develop and create all these beautiful jewelry collections for the museum store. That's really neat. Yeah, yeah. So now this job, did it require you to travel to the different locations or were you able to, because you were in San Diego, right, at the time that you mm-hmm. were doing this, yes. were you able to stay in San Diego and remotely do it or like what was the scope of it? No, I traveled a lot. I used to travel mm-hmm. a lot for work. So we would travel all over the United States. Um, some people would also travel to China, to um, just countries where they would actually be creating a lot of pieces. Um, I never got the opportunity to do that, but I would travel all over the U.S. and it was to all of these locations. We had over 90 locations um, that we bought for and um, I would also go to like trade shows, you know, like gift shows, um, shows in New York, shows in Atlanta, just all over the place. So yeah, Mm -hmm. it was really, really fun. Yeah. So then after kind of doing that, I moved from, um, from California all the way up here to Massachusetts. Tell them why. (laughs) (laughs) So I moved here because my husband is originally from the area and uh, we wanted to have an adventure, you know, to do something different, try something new. Um, So I've been here now just a little over five years. It's definitely a change. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) Just a little bit. Um, There's, yeah, this little thing called weather that's Mm -hmm. out here. That is definitely uh, a big adjustment from a Southern California girl. Right. But, um, but I was really lucky because my company that I moved out with, they ended up letting me work remotely for a year. Oh, wow. You know? And so it was really great that I stayed on and, um, you know, they kind of let me take my time to try to find a local job. 
mm-hmm. around here. Um, you know, it was kind of during a, a tough time. Like anybody knows when you're looking for a job, sometimes you don't find any opportunities that work for you at the time. Yep. And uh, that's kind of when I decided that I was going to strike out on my own and do a whole buying consulting business, basically. Mm-hmm. So what that meant was that I worked with mostly service-based businesses. So like small gyms, restaurants. Um, I even worked with somebody who had an Instagram page that had a lot of followers and I would help them build their retail assortment. I love it. Yeah. So like people, like, let's say you go to your local gym and they, they would sell like, you know, some like regular old shirt with just their name on it. And the t-shirt mm-hmm. was like kind of in one size and it didn't fit you, you know, mm-hmm. like that whole kind of thing. I would help them build a collection and show them how to showcase it, how to price it, how to visually merchandise it. So I, you, I had mm-hmm. you were basically a, 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 I guess a business consult to them where you kind of came in and you gave consultations based on yeah. whatever their goals were and what they were looking for. And then you would assist them in that process. That's pretty cool. Exactly. I kind of called it, I was your buyer for hire. Mm. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <cute>. kinda... <laughs> so that was like my tagline. So, um, I had about nine clients that I worked with and, uh, it worked really great because I got to stay home because, yeah. you know, to be honest with you, I had gotten used to the, to the idea of working from home <sighs> and um, I'm falling in this trap now. Right. I know oh. like you get, it gets comfortable and also, my biggest thing is I really didn't want to drive in snow. <laughs> <laughs> I was so nervous to be like, oh my gosh, I have to get up in the morning. I have to scrape all the ice off my car and like help shovel the driveway just to go to work. And I'm like, oh my God. Spoiled California girl. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I was like, there's no way. So. I was okay with kind of staying home. Uh-huh. So that's, you know, kind of what I did. And um, then, you know, when like I started doing that for, I would say maybe about a year or so. And then um, this is kind of when like reselling started coming in for me too, because um, I started kind of doing it as a little side hustle mm-hmm. to my consulting business. But I'll, I'll give you guys the lowdown on how. I started with reselling, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but basically what ended up having the conclusion of it was just that, um, you know, after about like a year and a half, my side hustle ended up taking over my consulting business. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, this is kind of where we are today. So I ended up leaving the consulting business just because my reselling business started to really take off. Yeah. Um, which I thought was kind of interesting because, like I said, for me, I truly started out as a hobby reseller. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just a little bit of fun. Um, and for me, you know, the, the biggest thing is that, like, I have always throughout my entire life, I've always been a secondhand shopper. Yeah. I've always thrifted since I was young. I've always loved fashion. But I didn't grow up with, like, the means to have, like, the latest trends, right. you know? And so I would basically look for like dupes in the thrift store, you know, just like things that kind of look like that. Like I remember, you know, like Adidas track jackets were like really, really hot in junior high. Yes. Everybody had a tracksuit. Yeah. And so I remember I would be like looking every single weekend for a tracksuit and I finally found one. 
I mean, granted, it was like an XX large. Whatever. <laughs> but whatever. I still rocked it and I still wore it. So I've always loved thrifting. Um, but like I said, reselling just kind of came by accident. So um, for me, my backstory for reselling is that I've always, of course, being a California girl, I've always been very passionate about being green and like saving the planet. You know, that was always my whole thing. So um, I remember like I wanted to start reducing my carbon footprint. Yep. And so I was trying to look for ways on how to do that. Um, but it wasn't until like I watched this documentary. It's called The True Cost. Oh, Have you I've seen that, Camilla? Yeah. So it's The True Cost. It's all about like the true cost of fashion. Mm -hmm. And it really exposes the whole, I think it was like one of the first documentaries and don't quote me on this, but like that came out about really exposing fast fashion and what it was. I'm going to have to look it up. Mm -hmm. And um, it was great. So when I watched that, um, you know, I was thinking to myself, holy crap, like here I am, I'm trying to figure out how to be green. And uh, it turns out that I work in an industry that is one of the worst, <laughs> worst offenders <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when it comes to the environment. And, um, I kind of also felt like I was even more responsible, like, because I wasn't just a consumer, but I was also a buyer. And you I was going to say, you were actually buying the product to mm -hmm. put out there and, and contributing to the waste that exists in the United States, which is just, it's astronomical. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I thought, you know, always like that whole, like think local to start, you know, when you're yep. thinking globally. So I thought I'm going to, start small and work on myself and figure out how can I use less. So I started with my clothing. So I actually challenged myself to only shop secondhand for one year. How did that go? So you know what? That is when I started going to the thrift stores more and I started going more often because before I think that it was to find, you know, a cool vintage piece or mm -hmm. to get stuff for Halloween. Mm -hmm. You know, like that whole kind of thing. But I was like, okay, if I'm not going to be doing fast fashion, if I'm not going to be buying at discount stores, if I'm not going to be getting things on sale at the department stores, where can I go? And I'm like, okay, thrift stores, consignment stores, you know, that's where I'm going to find things that I felt like were more sustainable because they had been used and I didn't feel like I was contributing as much of a, as a consumer. Right. Um, so what I did is I started, you know, going more often to the thrift stores and because I started going more often, I kept finding all this really great stuff that was not my size. And I'm sure it hurt on the inside. Mm -hmm. You're like, what am I going to, like, there's just so much good stuff. I can't just sit here yeah. to bring it home with me. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, oh my gosh, I'll never forget the first piece that I thought that was an athleta like zip up hoodie jacket. Mm -hmm. And I had never owned a piece of Athleta before because, um, especially being a buyer, you become so cheap. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. Cause you're seeing the buy cost of it. And then you look at the retail price and you're like, absolutely not. Exactly. Exactly. So it was so hard for me to buy things. And, um, like, I just remember finding this beautiful Athleta jacket and I'm just like, I'm like, somebody would totally pay more money for this other than just a couple bucks, right? That's a good yeah. store. Also, for. side note, Athleta, and I know people don't talk about it as much, but man, mm -hmm. their quality is amazing and it sells. Yeah. Like everyone's always like Lululemon crazy or mm -hmm. Aloe Yoga, but don't skip on Athleta. 
because I agree. it moves. Mm -hmm. People love it. And the quality is great. Just like Gap, I mean, Gap Athleta, same company, right? But mm -hmm. Gap, mm -hmm. if you can find Gap leggings at a really affordable rate, like anywhere between that one to like three to $4 mark, pick them up. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I can't tell you how many times I'm like sifting through the athletic section and I just do everything by feel now yeah, in me the too. athletic section and I yeah. feel something. I'm like, it feels so good. Like most of the time it's something from Gap. <laughs> yep. Gap stuff. I love, like personally, I love Gap. Like most of yeah. my clothes, not recently, but like the We'll say like when I got out of high school and then even mm -hmm. as I started working in like the professional realm of everything, I own yeah. Gap. Gap jeans, Gap everything. Love, love, love. Yes. Anyway, yes. off topic, but I want to put that out there. Don't skip that it. Might, but, uh, yeah, but you know what? That might happen a lot, folks, just so you know, because yeah. <laughs> you never know where we're going to go. No, you never know where we're going to go. Literally, so. Jen and I can talk for about three hours on the phone. And then be like, really oh, hoping. what time is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, we, promise folks Danielle is very good at editing it will not be a seven hour conversation unless you want it to be I don't know people want it that's the crazy thing people are like can you just keep all your episodes to like one to two hours I'm sorry what <laughs> you want to listen to me for two hours okay oh my gosh that's amazing though that's so great <laughs> oh my gosh anyway so, yeah. okay so um basically um so what I did, I actually didn't pick up the piece because I like, I don't know what to do with it, you know? Right. It's not I'm my like, size. What am I actually yeah, going to do with size. this? Exactly. Like I knew about eBay, but I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, eBay for me was always just a thing that I would like sell something I didn't want, mm -hmm. you know, and just kind of throw it up there and then see what happens. And then if it didn't sell, I just would donate it. Right. Um, but I went home and I was like, well, I'm going to do some research. Of course, always research. <laughs> and I'm going to see what. Um, like what's new? Is there anything new? Like how can I sell stuff online? And that's kind of when Posh, that's when Poshmark popped up. And so this um, was like what, 2016? Yeah. 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 Like 2016 is when I joined the app. Actually, I think it might say that I joined earlier, but it's like one of those things where I might've joined and didn't know I joined. Didn't do anything with it. Yeah, yeah. Same. I think mine says 2014 and then I, I definitely didn't use it in 2014 or 15, whenever it was. Exactly. Exactly. So like, yeah, so that's when I like dove deep into Poshmark and I started looking at it and I started figuring out like, okay, what is this whole Poshmark thing? Cause it was very, very different than eBay. And I thought, wow, this is really easy. So I thought to myself, okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do what a lot of people say always to do is to pull from your own closet first, right? Yes, yes, yes. yes. So that's exactly what I did, which was great because I'm sure just like most people, um, I held on to things so much longer than I should have. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it was because I knew how much I paid for it and I felt really guilty to just give it away. I know that sounds terrible because you were giving it away. It's a good causes, but I was still like, I paid so much money for this and I only wore it a few times and maybe I'll wear it again. And I have a wedding coming up in five years that I could wear. Yeah. It. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just felt like, yeah. And so I just started doing that. I started, um, picking up my own stuff. And I remember like, looking on Pinterest, like cute flat lay. So like, if you go back to like, which nobody will, but I should post this one day, like of my first photos, mm -hmm. 
Like I had, um, where I had like dresses, like cocktail dresses. I put like champagne glasses on the floor. Oh, look at you. You got fancy. <laughs> put, like, yeah, I put like, like little pearl beads and I did all this other stuff. And because I'm like, I really want it to look nice. I don't want to just throw something on the ground and have my toe peeping out in the middle, you know, <laughs> in the corner <laughs> over there and just like wrinkled on my bed. And I think it's important to note that a lot of like the editing apps and all that stuff didn't exist when, mm-hmm. what, like the time frame that we're talking mm-hmm. about. And if they did exist, you had to pay for them. Like there's yeah. apps now that you can download for free and you can edit where back in 2016, 17, even 18, you didn't mm-hmm. see a lot of free apps. No, no. My pictures were so terribly yellow. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, so, so I look back to like when I used to sell my own stuff on eBay just to make like extra cash or whatever. And I mean, I would literally, I would use my, my, what I thought was cool, my digital camera then with the SD card, right. And put it in my computer <laughs> or yeah. I would take actual photos and then I would develop the film and then scan it on my computer to then put on <laughs> eBay. And they're like, I mean, they're, they're awful. There's just no, like, oh. it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> like you know how Poshmark has their own filters that like yeah, that's basically what uses. our photos looked. Yeah, <laughs> I would use their filter. <laughs> I think it was like the 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 second filter that I would use, and it was of course the one that made everything so yellow. Yep, and it just cracks me up because when people are like, "Who uses the Poshmark filters?" I'm like, "I, I did." We did. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, that's kind of how it started. You know, I just, and then from slowly from there, you know, I just like, I took that money and reinvested and then took that money and reinvested. I mean, I'm still doing that today with my business, you know, (laughs) I'm still like trying to grow my business. And so much of it is just reinvesting into it to, um, you know, get to the next level, get to more inventory. Um, But that's kind of what my journey and my history has been to reselling. Do you think that this will be something that you'll do forever or like, where do you see reselling going for you? Um, well, I mean, the biggest thing that I'm sure most of you know is that I am pregnant. Yes, she (laughs) is. And I'm so excited to meet the baby. Yes. So as of, well, starting tomorrow, I'm 37 weeks. So I'm very close. So crazy to me. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely nuts. It is so crazy. And uh, so that does put a little bit of a wrench in things. <laughs> no, kind of change things a little. Yeah, it just switches up stuff. But um, but for me, you know, in general, in the long run, um, I think reselling will always be a part of my life, whether yeah. it's full time or not. I doubt I don't have an answer. Mm. Um, I loved my job and what I did before, and I'm not opposed to going back, you know, mm-hmm. and doing what I did. And also I feel like there's still so much for me to learn too, even yeah. in my yeah. industry. Um, but I absolutely love reselling. I will always have it in my life because the biggest thing that I love about reselling is that now, no matter what happens in my life, um, you know, good or bad or whatever, I will always have a means to make money. Yep. Yep. And that is what I appreciate so much from reselling and the skills that I've learned these past few years, because I'll never go hungry. You know, (laughs) I'll always have a way on how to like hustle and, and make that money and, um, be able to invest in something that, it's not, a, well, first of all, it's not a big investment when you start. Not at all. It can be it's, a zero dollar investment. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, and it's easy. 
in a sense to do where accessibility, it can, you know, you can find your local thrift stores, you can online source, you can do retail arbitrage. Of course, it's all about being smart about where you pick up all your items, but it's not something where I need to, like you said, invest like, you know, two, $3,000 for inventory or whatever, you know? Right. I mean, if you really want to, you could, but there's there's no need to, there's no need to. But there's no need to, exactly. So I think that reselling will always be a part of my life also, though, because I think it's really fun. Yeah. It's really fun. And I really love it for so many different reasons. But I think the main reasons are, um, one, I truly love fashion. Mm -hmm. And I know that you can resell anything, of course, you know, you can resell hard goods, you could resell um, car parts, you can sell whatever. Um, But I truly do love fashion. And um, I love that reselling has allowed me to have champagne taste on a beer budget. (laughs) (laughs) Good analogy. Yeah, like, I, I feel so proud that like, and I know it sounds silly, but like that I look at my wardrobe and I like, I always have have the wardrobe that I've always wanted in my entire life, but I've never could bring myself to pay for that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like when I'm flipping through and I see, oh, you know, here's my anthropology jacket and here are my Madewell jeans and here's my Everlane top. And like, it just makes me feel really good. And, and it feels even better that I got it at such a discounted rate. Mm-hmm. And then I'm doing something good for the environment and I'm not just being more and more of a consumer yeah. um, because I'm not, I'm not being forced. And that kind of sounds kind of dumb being forced, but like being forced to like, oh, I need new clothes. No, I can't go get like, five or six Everlane pieces because it's out of my price range. So where do I have to go? Yeah. Like, so then where do I have to go? Oh, okay. I have to go to H&M. I have to go to Forever 21. And I don't want to. Best fashion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is what I don't want. Mm -hmm. It's so hard because I'm not going to lie. It's tough for me when I walk into Target to not go Mm -hmm. to the universal thread section. Oh yeah. The AKA Madewell section. (laughs) Which is basically Madewell, right? And I yep. also love to go to the, um, oh my God, what's the, the section where they have all the work clothes? What is it called? Mm. Um, that A New Day or is it yeah, the no, Who What Wear? Yeah, Who What Wear, which oh, yeah. is like a knockoff of all different types of higher mm-hmm. end clothing. It's a little bit of Everlane, a little bit of anthropology, a little bit of just everything, right? Yeah. yeah. So I struggle with that sometimes because I can't always find what I want at the thrift store. I just can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, of course. Of course. And, and that, I mean, a lot of us can't. And there oh. are times where I'm like, all right, do I just save up and get the piece that I really want that's on the anthropology website? Or do mm-hmm. I go, do I get this top that's at Target that's basically identical to it and it's only $27.99? Like, I still internally struggle with that sometimes. I 100% agree. I absolutely do. I mean, please, I. I'm not immune to fast fashion as much as I like to pretend I am, (laughs) you know, like, I mean, I just went, I just went to Target and bought myself like a $15 dress because I was like, yeah, this is awesome. (laughs) And it's it's even shoes. I have two, three pairs of universal (laughs) thread shoes. Um, Mm -hmm. I have Joy Lab leggings, which Mm -hmm. I mean, they're really good. I like Joy Lab. So I have those. I, could I go to the Lululemon store and mm-hmm. spend $125 if I want a pair of leggings? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing that. If that's what you want to do, I think it's okay to mm-hmm. treat yourself every once in a while to do that. Um, but I don't do it. 
because $125 I can put towards so many other things. <laughs> this, is my, this, this is how my brain works, which is, mm-hmm. you know, I guess it's just like the business side of me. I can either spend $125 on one pair of leggings or I can spend $125 and have bags and bags of inventory for me. Well, maybe not. Later. Yeah, but in the past, $125 would have gotten me bags and bags of inventory that I can list and quadruple that amount of money, you know? I think, yeah. And you know, but you know, I think it's all about what do you value, mm. right? Everybody has different values in life. Some people, um, they do really value their clothing and where they get it. Other people value the food, you know, the type of oh, food that they put food. in their stomach. So they're all about like, going really high end and organic, you know, or other people really value working out. So they spend a lot of money, you know, on gyms or memberships. It just all depends really about like, what do you value in in life and what's important to you? And there's no right or wrong answer, right? I value too much of all of that and spend way too much money. (laughs) That is my answer to that question. I value it all and I spend a lot (laughs) because it's all important to me. See, see, folks, that's where, like, I was trying to be California Jen there, and then Daniela was just, like, reality East. Yeah, <laughs> let me <laughs> just like, throw in the truth. Let me just tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but I want to go to Whole Foods and buy everything that's organic and healthy, and I want to spend $10 on a juice and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. even though I know I can get it elsewhere or make it myself, and it could be way more cost-affordable. Like, we all get suckered into that whole mentality, right? Because we it's did. just marketing. It's literally marketing. Everything we, we see everything we read, everything we do, everything's online. Like you see it, mm-hmm. you see a really pretty Instagram picture, a really healthy mm-hmm. meal. And you're like, mm-hmm. I need that. I, I need that. Yeah. But you know, what? I will say that's where sometimes I think reselling has helped me a lot too, because like I've become such a clothing snob. Oh my I'm God, like, me too. <laughs> <laughs> it cracks me up that I'm like, the snob in the used clothing. (laughs) But it's like, it's so true. Once you like understand fabrication, you understand pattern making, you understand fit, you, you know what I mean? You understand all of those elements and what goes into a good garment. You get so picky because just because it's expensive doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything. does not mean anything. Oh God, not at all. Like there are some pieces at Target that their fabric content is way better than some like other brands. I won't name any, but (laughs) some other brands that are out there that are trying to charge you, you know, over a hundred dollars for a dress and they're made out of a hundred percent polyester. I was going to say, and they're claiming to be sustainable. Let's just throw that out there in case people can't figure out who we're talking about. But (laughs) there are lots of brands out there that claim to be sustainable. But if you really take a look of their, um, their Mm -hmm. fabric and what their actual processes are, and if they really are sustainable and fair trade, I mean, there's a lot of articles out there that expose a lot of brands. So, um, you know, don't Mm -hmm. always believe what the price tag says. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, that's like, I'm like, I guess that was the, the, the short answer. As to whether <laughs> not re- reselling will always be in my life. It'll always be in my life. Like I said, just because I think I've stumbled upon a really uh, unique skill set. Mm-hmm. And um, also I love this community that we yeah. have. I really, really do. Yeah. It's been, I mean, it's absolutely great. The amount of, um, love and support that you get from complete strangers on the internet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, um, 
it's like, I don't ever want to let go of that tribe or that community. Yeah. And I think, so that resonates with me too, because when I was mm -hmm. competitively powerlifting, I had a very strong powerlifting community and it ranged from outside the United States as well. I mean, I still keep in touch with a lot of um, international powerlifters that, you know, we kind of cheered each other on. We were getting ready for meets and stuff. And, mm -hmm. you know, once you find your people and I may not be in that powerlifting realm as I once was, but like, I still mm -hmm. keep in touch with them. And I always follow up to see what they're doing. Are they training for a new national or international competition and all that? And I'm finding yeah. that within the reselling community too. You know, I don't, I don't mm -hmm. know where reselling will take me. I've been doing mm -hmm. a lot of thinking about this lately and it, yeah. hurts, it hurts my brain because like, I want to go in 18 different directions because that's how my brain works. And, right. um, it, that's not how, like, that's not how you build a brand in a business, right? Like it takes time. Mm -hmm. It's like anywhere mm -hmm. from like a five to 10 year process to really get to where you kind of envision yourself to be right. um, unless something amazing happens and it, it takes off right away, which is rare. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I, I understand the whole, I think reselling will always stay with you. Just like I always think it will stay with me. I mm -hmm. think reselling has possibly propelled me to maybe entertain the idea of entrepreneurship, not necessarily just with reselling, um, but mm -hmm. in some type of capacity that I just haven't figured out yet. Eventually, I think that will be something that, um, I'll do. I don't know in what yes. capacity yet. You know, I, I, I haven't quite figured out in what direction I'm going to go, but right. I think that this time with the pandemic and everything and being able to work from home a few times and just having mm -hmm. a little bit of that freedom that I wow. never really knew because corporate world doesn't give you that. Right. Right. Of course. Of course. And I totally get that too. I'm a corporate girl. I come from the corporate world. I don't mind the corporate world. I like myself. the corporate world too, Yeah, but I think yeah. I like the corporate world more if I was running the corporate business. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. There's always pros and cons, right? To everything. So, um, I totally understand that. And I think that's, that's always really exciting. You know, I think as entrepreneurs and as resellers, like we always need to be thinking about what the next step is you know, and how can we keep growing our business? Um, cause I know for me, like earlier this year, I definitely kind of hit a little bit of a wall when it came to reselling. Um, I think a lot of it also had to do with like the baby too, you know, like lots yeah. of changes, lots of things happening and, um, like, how am I going to do this, you know, going forward? Um, and, um, you know, I've been also thinking about like different ways on how to, evolve, you know, my business and what do I have to offer that I can help, you know? And, um, it's always just about being able to pivot, right. Yep. And make those changes when it's the right time. And, um, you know, I felt like I did like this whole experiment kind of thing during, um, you know, the beginning of the pandemic where I wanted to sell out all my inventory, you know, and you succeeded. And I did. <laughs> I succeeded. I sold pretty much out and, um, it was a really, really interesting challenge, you know? And, um, you know, if you're not challenging yourself and you're not learning, you're not growing. That's really what I believe, you know? And I just was, um, I was really happy with my numbers. I was really happy with what I was doing, but I was flatlining and I don't want to flatline in my business. Um, consistency, is like, okay, yeah, that's great. But like, not with numbers, <laughs> like, I right. Like you can be up. consistent in your behaviors, but if mm -hmm. those behaviors aren't yielding a result that you want, then you need to exactly. reevaluate your behaviors and see exactly. if it's aligned with what your goals are. 
Exactly. And I think like the biggest thing that I know you and I have talked about at length too, is just, um, just the, the, the change in reselling that has been happening. There's so much happening. This kind of goes with like, I don't think reselling is going to go anywhere for me is because Mm -hmm. it is such a growing field Mm -hmm. and it is on the rise more than ever because of the pandemic. It is, Mm -hmm. instead of it happening maybe three or four years down the line, it's happening now. So Mm -hmm. there's just a lot of shifting and there's a lot of things happening and there's different people coming in and people leaving and there's just so much going on. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, um, and it's not only people, you know, that's changing and reselling, like, um, it's I'm companies, just so too. it's companies, mm-hmm. it's the thrift stores that are changing too, you know, it's, um, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many consignment stores that I know that now have Poshmark closets too, you know, that's uh, fascinating to me. Yeah. It's just like, it's just, people are trying to figure out ways on how to diversify their mm-hmm. business, you know, and how to survive. And, um, you know, like you said, there's, I think it's, there's always going to be, uh, people coming in and people coming out. I definitely think that that will always be the case, but I'm definitely seeing a big shift where more and more people are coming in, mm-hmm. but it's, like I said, it's not just people, it's companies now that are coming in, you right. know, people who have massive, access to tons and tons of inventory um, are competing with the people like you and I um, on getting stuff or, you know, getting things out to people. So I think that that's just really interesting to watch and really interesting to see. And I think this is where if you have experience in business or you have experience in working in a retail store or in some type of customer mm-hmm. service, right, related field, this is where it's kind of your time to shine because customer mm-hmm. service is going to be the underlying factor of whether you become successful or not within the business now. Because right. people are going to want their packages quick. They're going to want them looking pretty as if they ordered it off the Madewell website. You know, like people are going to mm-hmm. expect a certain quality and product to come to them because mm-hmm retail stores are dwindling and people aren't able to go or they're going out of business and people want what they want and we have to step in and even like Amazon for example their packages are taking a week or longer sometimes so people are turning to Poshmark and eBay for stuff so there's a lot going into it that I think you really need to if this is something that you want to do and it's something that you're considering as a business then you need to start treating it as an actual business and have processes put into place, which I guess brings us to our next topic that we want to talk about. Uh, So there's a lot of chatter, right? This past Mm -hmm. week in the reselling community about bots and automation and, and business processes and all, all these different kinds of things. It's like some cancel culture stuff happening. Like, you know, there's, there's a lot going on and this is just what social media does. Right. 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 It's just part of our world. Um, It's all how we respond to it. So, Jen and I are just going to briefly talk about automation. Now, we're not talking about Poshmark bots. We're not talking about anything like that. Just what automation truly means, because both Jen and myself come from the corporate world, and mm-hmm. um, automation is something we have within our business in different capacities. Um, we're not saying we have bots or anything like that, because automation doesn't just mean bots. And I think there's a little bit of misconception right now in the mm-hmm. community Um, And people don't really understand what automation means. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess for me, and Jen, you can chime in, obviously. Yeah. Automation to me is just a process put into place 
to mm-hmm. streamline whatever function it is that you're trying to accomplish that will take the least amount of your valuable time away from your business. Yes. Yes. That's all automation is. Absolutely. It's a hundred percent. I mean, you need to, I think a big thing that we don't do as resellers is that we don't factor in our time. Oh God, no one does. Yeah, no one does. And you have to like, remember if you were doing this for a business and you were working for a corporation or whatever it is, you would have your hourly or salary rate, right? So Mm -hmm. it's like between the hours of this and this, you make this much. Well, we don't factor that in at all when we're doing this and reselling because most of us, I'm sure, don't pay ourselves. You know, we, um, a lot, lots of times, you know, the money will go straight back into the business or like, for example, the way that I have my business set up is that, you know, um, like my internet is paid through my business, you know, like this is all going into taxes, of course, and which we're not going to talk about, but like, you know, it's like a lot of it goes back into utilities. It goes back into, um, supplies. It goes back into, um, inventory, but, um, but myself, like it's very rare that I would be also then factoring my time. And the biggest thing that will help you with your time is automation, is streamlining things in your business. Um, Like Daniela had mentioned, I think that automation kind of has like this like um, ugly face to it where people think like automation. Yeah. Like you said, like, Oh, that's against Poshmark terms. (laughs) But those are Poshmark terms. And that is something too, that like, I feel like Daniela, you and I, yeah. We're, we focus really hard when we're talking about business and everything and we're talking about reselling. We don't like to focus just on Poshmark. I know no, that most of we mostly, I know that we mostly sell on Poshmark. I get that, but I'm trying to get away from that and trying mm-hmm. to think of my business, not as a Poshmark business, as a reselling business. Correct. And so it's like, I think that Poshmark does have a lot of influence over a lot of us because it is where a lot of us started. And, um, so when they say automation is bad or whatever, people think, oh yeah, automation is bad because of bots. And I'll, I'll be honest. I, I thought that too, you know, Mm -hmm. when I first heard that, um, hearing about bots and, or VAs or like, oh, like maybe that's not allowed. Or I was scared too, to like, you know, to, um, to even think about doing those kind of things because I, um, didn't want to get kicked off. Now, I will say I don't have a bot or anything, um, but that's not to say that I haven't thought of it, to be honest, you know, especially now that I'm pregnant. um, The hardest thing for me these past two weeks is that I have been getting ready for the baby. You Mm -hmm. know, that, that nesting thing is very real. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, it's like, I've had to kind of put my business a little bit on the back burner for these past two weeks. I had family in town, you know, helping me out. and. I, I just like barely shared. I barely did anything on my Poshmark and I was still making some good sales, but a lot of that is like, um, you know, I, cause I think like I've been like of the pieces that I've been picking up, you know, right. Right. I've been doing some, um, really great, like hundred over hundred dollars sales on things, which is great. Um, but that's not going to sustain me forever. Right. Right. So, um, you know, the biggest thing is I've been trying to think about ways on how to streamline my business. Now, streamline for me is the same kind of the same definition as what Daniela had mentioned before. But, um, when you think of streamlining, you can also think of like, 
I'm streamlining my shipping process. I'm streamlining my inventory process. I mean, even, I even have a process for how I source, you know? So if you are going into the stores, into the thrift stores and you tell yourself, I always hit up the shoes first and I then go to the jeans and then I go to the dresses. Guess what? That is a form of automation, people. (laughs) Yes. Newsflash automation doesn't just, it doesn't just mean a computerized robot of some sort. And I think this is where like an explanation of automation really means is necessary because we all, without even realizing it, have automated processes Mm -hmm. within our business and we just don't label it that way. Absolutely. And like you had mentioned before, like even shortcuts when you're typing things, like I have, yeah, I have shortcuts for whenever people ask me, you know, the same questions that you always get, you know, I already know what I'm going to say, or I have it written down somewhere, or it's in a shortcut. Again, it's just, I'm trying to cut my time because I need to focus on the things that truly bring me money when it comes to my business. Mm -hmm. So, so if that's all it really is, at least to me, when I think of, of automation and streamlining, because, you know, you really want to value your time and you need to look and see what am I spending the most time on? How can I streamline this business better? Is it worth it for me to possibly invest in, you know, certain apps or certain filters or whatever it is that you need or a certain inventory uh, storage system? You You literally just put the words out of my mouth because Mm -hmm. I don't think people realize if you're using List Perfectly or Vendu, that's automation. Mm -hmm. It's a bot. That is I, a lot. <laughs> I, I, I 100%, I use, um, Vendu. So I'm a Vendu girl <laughs> and, um, I absolutely, if it was not for Vendu, I would not be able like to, well, I guess I could, but like it would, it would take, take so, much so more time. long. Yes. Um, yeah, that is the reason why I've been able to expand to Mercari, you know, to eBay to like, you know, to all these other platforms and I can't wait, they're going to be adding some more. Um, but yeah, like as soon as they add another one that I can use, you bet your booty that I'm going to be on that. app. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And even, so it's crazy to me that people don't realize every company, every reseller platform that you're on uses some form of automation. So just because a company has something in their terms stating that they don't want you using something that may be automated, it's kind of like, they're contradicting themselves. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best, it's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. It's a little bit, like, I'm not going to start controversies. That's not what this is about. This is about <laughs> learning about automation. But, like, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of controversy there because, well, your business has different features that allows for automation, but then it's not allowing for one specific type of automation, which leads me to believe that that specific type of automation is necessary for the algorithm and other business aspects. And I'm just going right. to that. 
you know, like <laughs> there's, there's more that goes to it, you know, like will sharing ever go away on Poshmark? No, I don't think it's ever going to go away. So mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. that. Um, does, do I think sharing is really as important as they push it to be? I don't know. Like I've been testing mm-hmm. out my own theories on this mm-hmm. and eventually mm-hmm. I'll make a video on it. And just like the differences between if I were to share a million times a day, right. Compared mm-hmm. to if I were to list 30 items, in one mm-hmm. day. What is the difference between that? Is there any difference? Is it the same? Or do I notice mm-hmm. a slight uptake? Does it take a couple of days for you to see the sales come in? Like all that kind of stuff. Um, and every platform works differently. So. Right. 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 It's but very, yeah. that's very, very true. But um, yeah, I know that would be definitely an interesting um, experiment to do. Yeah. Um, in my in my experience so far this week, I will say, however, that the few times that I did have some time to myself and I, um, I did share my entire closet and I ended up relisting like about five. That's pieces. what I think the key is. I think relisting mm-hmm. is really where the, where the, um, so. where the where, key where, point is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I noticed the big, uh, like a, a swing and like at least my notifications, you know, where I had more people sharing and then I did make a sale. So, um, I do think that there is something to that. I just don't have like hard notes on it. <laughs> you know, it'd be helpful if we actually had data, if Poshmark actually gave us data, we'd be able to get better insight. <laughs> I mean, you know me, I love data. So, um, which is also a form of automation, just throwing it out there. Data is a form of automation. (laughs) So is Jen's resellers inventory app that we're going to talk about now, which is also a form of automation. Yes. Yes. So let's um, talk about it, Jen, because so many of you were curious about it. You wanted more information on it. And, um, so Jen's going to give us a little inside scoop. Um, I am going to be using the app once Mm -hmm. I can. <laughs> and, uh, and then I'll give, uh, I will be doing a video on it as well and kind of give you guys my, you know, inside take on it all. But Jen and her husband are the creator of this wonderful app. And I think a lot of you would benefit from it. So Jen, why don't you explain what that is? Great. Thanks. Yeah. Well, thanks. Um, yeah. So as you guys, some of you know, I, um, I created, it's Rhea for short, but it's the resellers inventory app. And, um, the reason why I developed this was cause, um, back a couple years ago, I would, um, I started going to like Posh and Sips, you know, and like networking events when it came to reselling. And I was always kind of surprised when I would hear people tell me, um, I have no idea how much money I spent this month. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, have, yeah. Like, or I don't know how much unlisted inventory I have in whatever you want to call it, your death pile, your money pile or whatever, or I don't, a mini heart attack. What? I know, but it's so true. I know it's so true. I'm like, and, um, and even worse, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what my numbers are like today right now. So, um, I would kind of ask them, I'd say like, well, what kind of inventory management system do you, do you use? And they would actually refer to their inventory storage system as their inventory oh. So I think especially a couple, well, a couple years ago, I would say I would always hear, yeah, a lot of people talk about my inventory management system, inventory management system. And what they were talking about was, you know, their bin system and their number system. Yep. And I'm like, that's not like, just because I know the terminology, you know, in business right. and, and what I've learned, um, as a buyer, 
inventory management system and inventory storage system. It's like they're two completely different things. <laughs> yes. And so I just saw that this was just a really big problem because it's like, if you don't know your numbers when you're running a retail business, you are pretty much dead in the water. <laughs> I agree. You know? mm -hmm. And it's like, if you want to be serious about your reselling game, um, you also need to focus on, and I call this the unsexy parts of your business, yep. <laughs> which for a lot of people that is data. And, um, I can't like, I came up kind of with this term of like unsexy parts of your business when I was a buyer, because so many people would come up to me and say, Oh my God, you have such a sexy job. You know, <laughs> you, you shop all day. Like I basically That's such a had California like, thing. <laughs> it probably is. But, but my job was a job that like you'd see people on TV have, you know? Right. It, I mean, in all fairness, the, I had first heard about being a buyer, um, from Rachel from friends. That's oh. how I heard about being a buyer. Cause I'd never had heard that that was a job, you know? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so people would say, Oh, you shop all day long. What a cool job. And, and I would have to tell them like, and they would say, I want to do that. I want to do that. You know? And I would just say, you know, yes, it is one aspect of my job, but you also need to know basic math. Um, you know, you need to know how to manage your budgets. Yep. You need to like spreadsheets. <laughs> You need to um, know how to reduce your cost of goods. You need, you need to be to organized. How, yeah, you need to know how to maintain your inventory levels. And this is all just like a reselling business. You yeah. need to know how to do all of that stuff for your reselling business. And so I think it's really easy for all of us to get caught up in like the sexy, cool parts of reselling, mm -hmm. which is sourcing cool stuff, yep. you know, hashtag label porn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, um, or like the insane flips where you see somebody like buy something for 25 cents and then resell it for like three, $400. Right. Um, but you know, my whole thing was always, I questioned like, well, what about the day to day, you know, when it right. came to your business? Um, something else I would always hear is just people would say like, I'm not a data person or I hate spreadsheets. So, you know, I talked to my husband, um, both he and I have a unique background. That's all I'm going to say about him. <laughs> um, we're both, uh, so we both have retail backgrounds and, um, I kind of asked him, well, why don't you help me create an inventory management system that's specifically designed for resellers? That's not a spreadsheet that's easy to use and that you can take on the go with you. So basically it's been two years of he and I developing and creating this app. You know, we started from the ground up. I always like to say that we're very, very grassroots when yeah. it comes to our business. Um, I invest a lot of time and all of my own money into this app. So, um, uh, the reason why I wanted to do this was just because I know that there are so many resellers out there that need the right tools to help them. Like I said, level up their business. And the biggest thing is I want to teach them that numbers and data can be fun and it can be easy. Yeah. Um, so the biggest thing is too, is just like, I have always been about sharing, you know, and I love to help others and help them rise up to whatever level it is that they want to be. And I've done that throughout my whole career. And with Rhea, I felt like, by building this inventory management app, I could bring my unique skill set to the table. I think it's 
a genius idea and an application you've come up with because it it's user friendly and it mm -hmm. looks pretty, which mm -hmm. I think spreadsheets don't look pretty. You can make mm -hmm. them look pretty, but it takes time and mm -hmm. you need to be comfortable working in a spreadsheet. And this right. allows you to do it all from your phone, which majority of us do our entire business on our phone. Exactly. So I was like, well, I mean, if we resell on our phones, why can't we, you know, also manage our inventory on our phones. Like it just right. seemed kind of silly. So this is kind of like what Rhea is all about. So like I said, I developed this app specifically, you know, for resellers. Um, you basically are in charge of inputting your own data. And this is so important, Danielle, you and I have talked about this from the moment that you source the item. Yes, because you, let me tell you, I forget about it if I don't. Mm -hmm. I totally yeah. forget about it and then I'm guessing. Exactly. You're guessing. And it's like when you source your item, when you find that item in the thrift store, that is honestly when the clock starts ticking on your inventory, because that is when you make, thank the you. First, yeah. Thank that's you when you that. make the first initial investment. So it's not when you list it. It's not when you sell it. It's when you buy it. Yep. And then once you buy it, it's how quickly you, you are to photograph and list it as well. Like that. Exactly. All of that needs to be factored in. So if you just continuously keep buying, because maybe it's just a hobby to you and that's fine, but mm -hmm. if this is a business for you and you're continuously buying and not listing it in a timely manner and then things just sit, I yeah. mean, the amount of money that you're losing out on every piece. It, you're leaving dollars on the floor. 100%. Mm -hmm. And if you worked in a corporate retail setting, that's why they push so many items on the floor as quickly mm -hmm. as they can. And as, mm -hmm. because... If it sits in the back, they're not making any money on it. That is capital they are losing. And exactly. there's more stuff sitting in the warehouse. So you kind of have to be in that mindset. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, you know, so as you source, so the way that we have it set up in your, um, in your RIA is that you will, you know, you source the item. So we call that your purchase inventory. So basically you'll just go in with your receipt and you'll add in all the information that you, um, that you bought for that day. So you put in your cost, you'll put in how many pieces you'll put in, um, where you got it to and the dates. So all really important information. And then everything moves over then into a purchase status. Mm -hmm. So once it moves from a purchase status, everything that's within your purchase status that you'll see on there, um, is going to be basically like your virtual death pile. <laughs> right. Right. You know, so that's where you can see everything that you have. And what's really great about Rhea is that we do, you can click into every single individual item and you'll have all that data there for that one single item. So like when you got it, where you got it, you know, like what your cost was, um, you can input your own item numbers in there too. Um, all that information will be there for you all handy dandy. And then once you move into your purchase inventory, it moves into a listed status. So that's after you photographed it, you know, you have it listed on your platforms. Once the item is listed, it can move to sold and then sold to deposited. We even have like a donated status because I think it's really important that you keep track of how many pieces you end up getting rid of. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Because we don't think about like damages and damages is just a part of regular retail. Every oh. single retailer has a bucket for damaged pieces. Yes. They um, do. Which is funny actually, because I was at um, TJ Maxx today and I never, I never noticed behind the, the cash wrap there, the cash register, they have a box that says damaged items from truck. 
Yeah. And they yeah. talk everything. I never noticed that. I noticed <laughs> today. And I was like, oh, look at that. Because when I worked at Walgreens, we had a very similar process. We had totes that we would fill with items that were damaged either mm-hmm. within the store itself when we were um, cleaning and facing at night or that when they came off the truck, they were damaged. And then they all got damaged out at the end of the day. So. Got Gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. So it's something that you need to factor in, um, into your business too. And, and then maybe like, you'll be like, Oh wow, I pick up a lot of damaged pieces. (laughs) Maybe I need need to stop doing that. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, so basically you're inputting your data and as you're inputting your data and you're going through again, this is like part of streamlining your business. You're up, you're updating your inventory or your data as you go. Um, so usually what I do is like, I'll do it for like the beginning of the day. I'll record everything that I did like the day before, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that is what has worked for me because as I've been up, as I update my data, my reports also update in real time. So like right now I can tell you all of my numbers as of today, like what's going on in my business, which is fantastic because I think a lot of people wouldn't be able to know that number right away. Or if they do, they'll have to go home and go look at it up in their spreadsheet or something. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, um, you know, and what I love about this is that this has actually even helped me to source better mm-hmm. when I've been like outsourcing. Sometimes I'll look and I'll see, you know, um, okay, like, um, I'll find a specific brand. Does this brand work for me or not? You know? And, I'll go into my reports and see how is that, how has that brand been trending for me lately? You know, just little yeah. examples like that. So, I, have, I have two mm-hmm. questions before you keep going, because yeah. I'm sure people are wondering. The first one is, um, where is the app available? Yes. So the app is available in the app store. Um, it is only available for iPhones right now. And I'm sorry, you Android users, I get a lot of questions, (laughs) but again, that's part of the whole grassroots thing. Um, you know, our goal is to get, try to get some more subscribers so that I reinvest everything that I make from, you know, the app right back into my business and helping you guys. And to, you know, I'm hoping that the next phase that we have will be able to include our Android users on that. But that's where you would find um, Rhea. So you go there, you would download it. Um, there's two options. Now you can do a monthly subscription, which we give you the first 30 days for free. Which is nice. So, yes. To take advantage of it. Absolutely. I mean, I want you guys to try it. I want you guys to reach out and see how it works for you. Um, I understand like being a small business owner, every single investment that you make, it can be a little bit nerve wracking, right? When you're paying for, for, um, things that are going to help streamline your business. <laughs> right. Yeah. But right? It, it's true because I mean, we, mm-hmm. a lot of us pay for list perfectly or vendue and that's mm-hmm. not cheap. Exactly. It's not cheap, but I know it takes, um, for some people, I always find that it's really nice to be able to try it for free 100%. and to see if it works for your business. So we always wanted to be flexible, you know, in that. So the monthly is 30 days for free. And then after that, it's just nine ninety nine a month. And, um, there's also a second subscription where you can do an annual subscription and that's ninety nine ninety nine, So a hundred dollars. Um, and you get two months for free though with that. Oh, that's awesome. So, um, and then also of course you have my direct support. If people ever need it, you know, I'm here. Um, you can DM me on the savvy outfitter. You can DM me on the resellers inventory app. Um, we're always here to support and to help our fellow resellers. 
Yes. So if you mm -hmm. guys haven't looked into it, you definitely should. I think it'd be really helpful. But the next question I have is actually a two-parter. Um, the mm -hmm. first part is if someone already maintains a spreadsheet and mm -hmm. they just want to upload their spreadsheet into your app, is that possible? Yes, it absolutely is. So that was part of our phase two. Um, we worked really hard on being able to work with established resellers who had their data um, either you know, on a spreadsheet or somewhere else. We have um, videos on our website that show you how to do this. It's basically like a copy paste. So you can go ahead and add in all your information. And as of today, you can upload at least three years worth of data. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. The yeah. second part of my question is, does the app itself allow for a CSV file to be developed if someone wants to transfer it to a computer just to see it on a computer? Yes, it does as well. So we thought we knew that that was really important, especially during tax time. Right. So that you could have all that information and send it to your tax guy. Uh, so you can export all your data onto a spreadsheet and if you like to look at spreadsheets and you like pivot tables and you know what I'm talking about <laughs> then yes you can definitely use all that data as well that is awesome see like that for me is really important because if I can have everything in one hub and then I can transfer it into a spreadsheet so that I can use it for tax purposes or even like mm -hmm. just for my own knowledge if I'm trying to break down my cost of goods and then my average sale price kind of thing. And there are other tools out there. Like I do use Sarah's mm -hmm. dashboard for that mm -hmm. kind of stuff too, but like each application serves a different purpose. Absolutely. Um, so Absolutely. that's, that's really, that's really cool that, that it does that. Yeah, it, it really, it, it's really, we've made it, like I said, as user-friendly and as easy as possible. And, um, you know, like I said, we focus so much on the life cycle of an item when it comes to RIA, because that is truly where um, all your numbers and all your data is going to come from. It's focusing on the individual items and their process through your reselling journey. So, um, you know, really what we also wanted to do was to create reports, but I wanted to just have like the meat and potatoes of reports, you know? Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, it's great to know that most of your sellers come from Alaska. Like, okay, that's great. But <laughs> I don't really know how that's really going to help you to be honest, you know, right. when it comes right. to, to your business, I think they're, they're nice to know. Um, but I think that sometimes when it comes to reporting, at least for me, um, it's very, very easy to get caught in the weeds. Yeah. And you need to make sure that you, what is that saying? I'm always, I'm probably going to butcher it, but it's like, you can see, um, the forest in between the trees or the trees in the forest. Yeah. I know, you know what, what I'm saying, I mean. but I don't yeah. know what the saying is, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry people. I'm like, <laughs> English was my second language growing up with my family. So for yeah, me, same, I'm, same. Yeah. Sometimes I say things, I'm like, that's totally wrong. But in my head, I can, yeah. I can absolutely hear it correctly. So <laughs> That's good. Sorry, everyone. It's what happens when you come from an immigrant family and <laughs> English was not the primary language. No, no, but I'm glad that you guys get it. Yeah. Um, but I wanted just to go over, and this is like where I'm definitely going to refer to my notes and stuff about, um, if anything, these are the reports that you actually want to pay attention to when it comes to your business. So the number one, the number one thing is your total sales, right? Yes. So Everybody wants to know your total sales. So in case you just don't know what your total sales are, it's your total retail sales. So before any fees or anything, any costs, anything is taken out. That is what your total sales are. Next, you want to focus on is your net profit. 
and your net profit is going to be um, basically, what did you truly make? <laughs> you know, yeah, so, the number that none of us really want to know. <laughs> no, the number that none of us really want to know. So that is where you're going to factor in your fees, your cost of goods, any additional costs. And what's great is that we have all these fields available for you and broken down at the item level. Right. So you can actually see truly what you made for that item and what your real margin was. Next, you want to focus on is your inventory on hand. You want to know both units, how many units do you have on hand? So when I mean units, like how many listings, let's say, mm -hmm. you know, how many, um, how many pieces of clothing or how many pieces are you selling? And also you want to know what is the cost of all that. Um, lastly, what you want to know with your inventory is you want to know how old is your inventory. That is a really big one because sometimes I hear people where they're like, I've had this item for like four years. I'm like, girl, get rid of it. <laughs> I know. I can't imagine keeping inventory past three to six months. I know. I know. I'm right there with you. Um, you know, I like you, you've heard it before. Like we are not a storage business. No, not at all. Oh, not at all. Um, the next thing you want to know is just how is each platform performing? Again, I'm referring back to like how Danielle and I don't like to talk about just focusing on one platform. Right. Um, especially in this climate right now with reselling, you do not want to put all your eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. I agree you, with you. No. Now is the time to learn another platform. Um, is it scary? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but yeah, but you need to learn what each platform is doing for you. Um, and we have a report for that. You know, how is each category performing? You know, is it time to drop a category? Is it time to start streamlining more your business and, you know, break, like only selling five categories as opposed to 10? Because like, for example, for me, tops don't sell very well. Generally, my average price that I get for a top will be Twenty twenty five dollars, unless yeah, I find very you know, rare. right? It's very <laughs> rare you're getting like a fifty, like fifty dollars for a top, unless it's something desirable or a yeah. more luxury type brand. And even then, it's questionable. Even then, it's questionable. And and a lot of my um, thrift stores and places that I source, you know, tops are more than five dollars. You know, they're sometimes seven dollars or Don't nine dollars. started. Yeah, we won't get that. Could be another huh. podcast. That's a whole nother episode. <laughs> But, you know, just seeing like that. And so that has helped me to streamline my business where I've actually dropped categories. And now I'm focusing on categories that I know will bring me a better return or a bigger return on my investment. Right. Um, another report that you want to really focus on, again, and we do have this report, is your brand sales. Mm -hmm. Brands are so incredibly subjective when it comes to reselling. I don't care if you tell me, like, don't pick up this, don't pick up that. If it works for you, you keep buying it. <laughs> yep. Keep picking it up. As long as your cost is low, keep doing it. Keep picking it up. Exactly. Because everyone's closet's different. People have different clients. Um, so like I said, you need to see how that brand is performing for you, not for another reseller. Um, and then something else that not a lot of people talk about is how is each sourcing location performing for you? I think this is key because this will tell you exactly where you should be going. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, going back to like us thinking about our time, right. And how valuable our time is, um, in new England, at least for us out here on the East coast, we do not have our sourcing locations close to each other. No, at all. <laughs> I mean, not you, at all. You can hear I, and I hear this every day of a reseller being like, I'm traveling two hours to go to the bins. I don't even flinch when people say that. I'm oh, like, yeah. Yeah. It is yeah. what it is. It is what it is. Exactly. Woke up at 5 a.m. and went to New Hampshire. No big deal. <laughs> I just crossed four state lines to go. Yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> and then hit up every thrift store on the way back. Exactly. Exactly. So um, you need to know which sourcing locations are bringing you in the most profit for your business. So a really good example could be like, say you do consignment with people, right? And you've negotiated a 50 and 50% rate or something, you know, where you get 50%, they get 50%. You can actually look at that business because we don't, we consider platforms in RIA, any, any form of platform. It's not necessarily something online. You know, it could literally be like, I source inventory from Jane Doe over there, you Mm -hmm. know, and she gives me all this stuff. And then you can look at Jane Doe as your platform and see, oh, wow, you know what? From all the work that I'm doing, I'm actually not making that much money. Right. Is this still worth my time? mm -hmm, And that's where you can determine whether or not it's worth your time or, or even like, okay, that one little thrift store that I go to that is really far away, like, but I find really good stuff or, oh, wow, my cost of goods is really good on that. I need to keep going to that. So maybe I cut out you know, this other location. So I think location, um, sourcing, you know, and looking at all that is extremely important for your business. Yeah. And the frequency of when you're going and how often you're going to. Absolutely. Because that amount of time that you're spending in the gas, I mean, those are things that we should all be keeping track of, but I know sometimes it's like, Oh, I'm running errands. I'm just going to stop really quick at the thrift store because it's, it's right down the road, you know, and we're mm-hmm. not factoring that in because we're already out running errands when in actuality you should just be going in and marking that down as another trip. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, those are really like the reports that we have. We also have a really nifty like resale summary report where you can get like just a really quick snapshot of how your business is doing for that day or last week, last month. Uh, You can break it up by different variables. Like I said, you can break it up by like category, brand, location, platforms, and you can see everything in so many different ways but you don't have to manipulate the data. Everything is there for you so that you can literally just go in this report. I want to see my categories, you know, and I want to see last week's numbers and everything pops up. It's not you having to like reread data or trying to look at the chart and figuring it out, you know, on your own. That's Um, awesome because that, I mean, time is money. So if it's already, Mm -hmm. if it's already manipulating the data and putting it out Mm -hmm. there for you, then that's perfect. And, you know, if the reports are not up to date, that's because it's on you, (laughs) you know, it's not the app's fault. (laughs) It's not the app's fault. It's where you have to truly make time in your day every single day. And I know that's a lot, you know, for people, but you need to make the time to record your data. And if you just do a little bit at a time, like, like I said, for me, I mean, I'm not perfect either. There's some days, like I'm a little bit behind right now. I haven't logged in a couple days worth of sales, but I will go in and do that. But that's part of my routine. Right. 
So right? even if you're not doing it every single day, you know that Monday, okay, I need to sit down before mm-hmm. I do anything. I'm not allowed to source. I'm not allowed to do anything. I need to make sure I'm entering in my data. Exactly. Absolutely. Because then when you go with your fresh data to, you know, when you're outsourcing, like I said, you can go ahead and look at your numbers and see whether or not it's a good idea to spend that much or to spend on those items or to go to that location. Um, another time that has really helped me, Ria, is that um, I'll be out and I will get an offer, for example, you know, and I can't remember how much it costs, right. you know? And, um, and so I'll go in Ria and I'll go ahead and I'll take a look and I'll look at that and then I'll factor in, okay, is this offer worth it for me to take here and there, you know, right now, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to having to wait until I get home to right. do it. It's all right there in front of you. Everything is right there in front of you. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think it's a great tool. It's a great application. I think it's something that doesn't exist yet within the reselling realm of something that's mm-hmm. just on your phone with, you know, where all the other applications are, it's easy. We're already doing most of our business from our phone anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's, it's a nice way to just streamline everything. And then you can keep everything in one place instead of having yeah. to worry about creating a spreadsheet and keeping that up to date and, and looking at the data. And then if you put in a formula incorrectly, you got to try to figure that out. And you sit there for an hour trying to figure out where your formula broke and you're trying oh, to piece it back yeah. together, which is like the worst Yes. You worked in Excel and you and a formula breaks and you're trying mm-hmm. to figure out where the hell did it break? Like I have no, I, mm-hmm. I can't see it, you know? Oh, and I've done that before for hours and hours and yep. hours. And, and that I understand then why people say they're not spreadsheet people. I totally get that, you know, yep. because Excel can be, uh, really a big headache, it you know, and, it's not um, user friendly. It's not user friendly. And then also, um, I, I, I hope I don't, get people upset when I say this, but, um, I've heard of some resellers that even tell me that they write down all of their inventory data in a notebook. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, I mean, okay, I'm not trying to be a hater, but I'm like, if you do everything online and all your, all your business is online, but you're, you're bookkeeping everything in a, in a notebook. I'm like, that doesn't really, doesn't really match up. doesn't really add up. It doesn't. And I mean, I guess a notebook is good to have as a backup, but everything should still be on a electronic format of some sort. Like if you want to keep a notebook for your own record so that you have a backup, I think that's fine. Um, Mm -hmm. But it shouldn't all just be in one spot because a notebook's not going to create a graph for you and show you a trend. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's a good way to log in inventory, you know, if that's how you want to log in, but we did all that for you here. You know, we took like that concept of you logging in your inventory and it's just all here, you know, handy dandy on your phone. I love it. I think everyone should go download it right now. (laughs) (laughs) I would love for you guys to try it. Like we said, you know, first 30 days are free, you know, give it a shot. You have nothing to lose. Um, And like I said, I mean, I'm truly here. Like I said, I'm a reseller. I'm in the trenches with you guys every day. I understand the the issues and the challenges and the wins that we all go through. And, and my goal is as a reseller and in my platform is just that I, I said, I want to elevate people. I want to help people, you know, uh, move up to their business. Like I said, I've been reselling now for four years. Um, I feel like I've done it pretty successfully mm-hmm. and um, you know, I've been able to make a living and, you know, pay my bills 
with my reselling business. Um, of course, I, I do have support of my partner. Um, right. So that is something that I always like to say, you know, um, but you know, I, I've, I sell on multiple platforms. I have my background. I've sold, you know, oh gosh, I want to say like over three thousand items, you know, like I've That's sold awesome. a lot. I've been around the block <laughs> and I understand. <laughs> I'm not saying like that. I'm like by any, any means an elite reseller, right. <laughs> but I understand what's up and I understand the background of it. And I hope that with my unique skill set and knowledge of what I have learned professionally, um, that I can also help others to, like I said, to level up their business. Yeah. And, um, you know, Jen's a great resource. If you guys have any questions or anything, Jen is always available. But once baby Quinn comes around, you know, she might be a little busy, but, <laughs> but she is always available. So if you have any questions about the app or you're having any issues or anything like that, you know, you can always send her a message or you can send me a message. If you can't get in touch with her and I'll, I'll find her for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll find her. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I will be here. So yeah. Cause um, I'm, I'm not going anywhere for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, who knows, Jen and I have some ideas of some projects we might, we want to work on in the future. So, um, you know, we don't know when that will happen, but we've, we've we're planning things. We're business women. We got things yeah. we're working on. <laughs> we're always thinking, we're always thinking all the time. And yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, with, with my journey now going into, into pregnancy, um, you know, I have to really change the way that I'm doing my business. So I will be, I'm hoping that I can, um, share with you guys that journey and how that goes for me. Um, cause I haven't really seen it, uh, too many people talking about, you know, pregnancy and, um, reselling, uh, and how that changes things. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be eye-opening to a lot of people too that maybe yeah. are currently pregnant or, you know, are, are going through it and they're trying to figure out, well, what am I supposed to do? Like, how do I handle this? I'm not sure. Maybe they don't have that many reselling friends and they're looking to the community for some advice. So I think that'll be helpful to a lot. Yes, absolutely. Anytime that I can share my experiences, I'm, I'm happy to do so. That's because Jen's an awesome human. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, Jen, for being on. This was fun. I mean, we could keep going, but we're going to end the podcast here and then probably talk after. Yeah, <laughs> probably. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I'm going to leave all of Jen's information in the show notes. So I will um, put the Instagram pages on there. Uh, and so you guys can kind of check that out. Now, does Rhea have a website, Jen? Rhea does. Yes, okay. we do have a website. Um, we have all of our information. It's going to be on um, our Instagram page. Perfect. So I'll so link the Instagram page. You absolutely can. Um, our domain name, it is called Fit Retail Solutions. That's just my <laughs> LLC. So, <laughs> um, but um, you can always click on our Instagram page and it will take you directly there. Um, if you go onto our website, there is a section there, like I said, where I made um, how-to videos for every single section so that you can watch them if you have any questions um, there. We try to give you as many resources as possible. So you would just click on Rhea by Fit Retail training videos and everything is there for you. And we even have a tutorial on how to fill out the spreadsheet if you are looking to um, you know, upload all of your data into Rhea. 
that is there as well. And um, like I said, but if you need any help or any assistance, I'm more than happy to help anyone out. That is awesome. So guys, I hope you enjoyed this and I will see you guys next week with Lori, where we'll talk about who knows what. You never know what <laughs> Lori gets to talk about. <laughs> All right, guys. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jen. I'll talk thank to you guys you. next time. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye.